Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Rights Life Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining me today is our PAC Director, Casey. Welcome, Casey. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Well, we're going to talk about uh, the election, which is obviously a big issue. But before we get to that, I think we need to talk about uh, what we've been talking about the last few weeks, the Brett Kavanaugh nomination. So I would say, Casey, it's been a pretty calm and collected Senate debate, right? Yeah, you know, everyone's been fair-minded, and certainly no minds were made up beforehand. <laughs> no, 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 certainly not. Well, um, where we sit today, it's a fluid situation. So where we sit today, uh, they just had the cloture vote on Kavanaugh's nomination, which means it's the vote to end the debate and to see if they can move to a final vote, and that was 51-49. A bit of a surprise that uh, Lisa Murkowski voted to filibuster, and uh, Joe Manchin voted to uh, move, end the debate and move to a final vote. And so uh, I guess we could say it's a bipartisan on both sides, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. happy. Um, and so really I think the important thing for us to remember when we're talking about the Kavanaugh nomination is when we told people when this was going to happen that Kavanaugh might be the fifth vote to overturn Roe versus Wade, we're not sure he will, but he could be potentially that fifth vote that uh, for the nomination hearings to expect uh, Robert Bork times Clarence Thomas. And we got more than that. Definitely. This has been a, uh, a process with a lot of allegations, a lot of claims, uh, and it's, it's really turned into uh, to quite the event. A lot of people are walking out of the hearings and uh, going into this vote very angry uh, with how things have gone on on both sides. So the FBI report came out and it is uh, not being released publicly so we can't read it but uh, at a minimum there's no real evidence, no real corroboration in there, um, nothing really new beyond what we've already heard from all the testimony and the media coverage. Uh, obviously the Ford, uh, the Ford accusation is the only one that's really being treated as serious. Uh, the one involving him, Kavanaugh, at a party exposing himself is kind of obviously not very serious because she still isn't sure that it was even Kavanaugh and all the people who she said were at the party said that that, that didn't, they weren't at such a party. And um, of course, Michael Avenatti and the accusations that Brett Kavanaugh is running a, uh, let me check the FCC rules if I can say this, a gang rape ring. Um, that really didn't go over well, and if anything, actually helped Kavanaugh's uh, credibility in the end. Yeah, so it, it's just been allegation after allegation. Uh, you know, I mean, the FBI has investigated all credible allegations, and, you know, as Chris said, I mean, nothing really came out of the report. The, uh, the reality is, is that the cloture motion uh, went through, and that about 30 hours from now, I mean, we're going to have the vote, it looks like, uh, to possibly see where, you know, whether we have uh, new Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. But in a cruel twist of fate, just because it's 2018 and this is how things happen, there's a senator who is a Republican senator who has daughters getting married on Saturday. So 
if it's 5149, then they'll say, go ahead, go to the wedding, and Mike Pence, uh, Pence will have the tie-breaking vote. Um, but if it's 50-50, then they're going to have to delay till Monday. So we have even more fun um, so the senator can go to his daughter's wedding, which, you know, you don't want to miss that. Yeah. <laughs> Supreme Court nominations, the, uh, the never-ending party, right? The beatings will continue until morale improves. Exactly. Um, the one thing that did come out of the FBI report that I find very interesting is... Um, there seems to be some evidence the FBI has found that uh, Ford, the, the first accuser of Kavanaugh, that her lawyers um, and a friend of Ford's who's kind of somehow involved in their legal team were pressuring uh, one of her friends who said uh, she wasn't at the party, she doesn't know Brett Kavanaugh. Apparently they, they called her up and pressured her to try to get her to change her testimony. Now, Casey... Suborning perjury is a federal felony with a lengthy jail sentence. Um, yeah, it's generally speaking, um, perjury is not one of those things you want to do. Uh, <laughs> usually, if you're under oath, being honest is the uh, is the way to go. Uh, you know, and this has just been one aspect of it. I mean, there's already been a, uh, a Democratic uh, congressional staffer or intern that uh, has currently been arrested and is facing charges for releasing uh, private information such as home addresses and contact number for Republican senators on the Judiciary Committee. Um, so, I mean, this has really just been an entire uh, situation here. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole process, I think, has been, um, you know, whatever you might think about the accusations, the entire process has just been... Uh, completely beyond the pale ridiculous i've the lowest of it, it even during even before we had this last uh hail mary pass with the accusations um even during the nomination the right the regular nomination <laughs> itself when they had that uh, uh that man come up and ambush kavanaugh at the front for the you know it's been the low of the low of the low casey it has been ridiculous like truly worth ridiculing yeah i mean i've, I've got to wonder if somebody out there hasn't made a uh, a video at this point with a little counter on it for every time a protester got up and interrupted kavanaugh before the allegations yeah. uh, were ever made so so i think it, we know as pro-lifers why it's it was such a uh bitter and ugly fight is again roe versus wade could be on the line uh, the, the other side knows that if you look at the polls, that the support for abortion on demand throughout nine months of pregnancy simply isn't there. Uh, people would generally support a lot more abortion restrictions than we currently have. And they know that the only thing holding back the will of the people is uh, five unelected justices on the Supreme Court. And so the idea that the abortion industry was going to let this go um, quietly is was a fantasy yeah well not just the senate but uh being ugly but the people and the, you know everyone in america i think has really picked up on the ugliness and um kind of a stunning thing has happened so the conventional wisdom in this election is uh trump is unpopular and it's a midterm election where the election usually swings 
to the other side and in the polls there seems to be enthusiasm on the Democratic side and a couple of special elections in the meantime went their way. Uh, most of them went their way, some haven't. But the collective wisdom was it was going to be quote-unquote a blue wave. But yeah. since the Kavanaugh, uh, this last round during the nomination hearings has happened, uh, we've seen a stunning reversal in polls. and. Is it is it permanent? Is it uh, is it temporary? I'm not sure, but a stunning reversal nonetheless. Well, let's uh, let's lay something out right now. The Democratic base is pretty much at maximum engagement. They they still don't understand how they lost 2016. Um, and to be honest, it really looks like the Democratic Party has not really applied any lessons from 2016. Uh, so the Brett Kavanaugh hearings have really only had one effect in terms of political forecasting and sort of effects on the election. Um, and we've seen this in the last couple of weeks, and that effect is that it has made Republicans mad. Uh, if you asked Republicans a few weeks ago, some early polls in September and August were showing that Democrats had an enthusiasm gap of about, you know, 10 percentage points. Uh, as of the last few weeks after these hearings, that's gone. Uh, if you ask a Republican and a Democrat right now how enthusiastic they are about getting out and voting in this election, you'll get an equal answer. And something that I have heard from a couple of people is that uh, just over the last couple of weeks, you know, I mean, they've had people going into their campaigns, contacting their managers, finding out what can I do to help? I am so disgusted with how Brett Kavanaugh has been treated and how this entire process has gone. Tell me what I can do to get involved. So, you know, this may be uh, what is politely referred to as the October surprise. It's surprising, I think. You know, I'll admit I'm, I'm very angry, uh, particularly with how the accusations have been handled, how you might have heard about them on the news, um, how in the last week we've spent uh, was spent basically litigating Brett Kavanaugh's high school yearbook and what these obscure joke references mean. Um, it's it's just a level of ridic ridiculousness I could even predict. You know, I I was telling people expect Bork times Kavan or Bork times Thomas. Expect it to be bad. Expect it to be awful. Expect it to be horrible. I think I undersold it. I don't think people appreciate how this could be a watershed moment in American politics in terms of changing how people view these things and how, you know, it's already we have a partisan split and people kind of lamenting the rise of tribalism, but I mean, this is like putting it on steroids with how this has been handled, especially because everyone knows that the core of this issue is abortion and a couple other really important issues that tend to be decided by a Supreme Court, you know, the, I mean, this was not how the founders wanted things to go, but this is in the situation that we're in right now. And I mean, it, it's surprising to me, but uh, maybe we shouldn't really be too surprised about it after all. Yeah, it's uh, this. This is definitely not how things were uh, supposed to be. But then again, as the founders put it together, the senators were supposed to be basically elected by the state legislatures, not the people. <laughs> so maybe let's not let's not go there, Casey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not. That's an entirely other conversation. Um, so uh, the polls will make it interesting. Now, um, I just have to say, you know, to the last final thought on Kavanaugh is uh, 
I'm sure that there's going to be another strange twist and turn to this. I suppose maybe by the time you're listening to it, that twist has already happened and you're going to think, oh, that Chris guy, he really knows what he's talking about. But there's just so been so many strange twists and turns that it's just you're just kind of like waiting on the edge of your seat, waiting for the next one to happen. Um, it's so... Like it's like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. When's the twist coming? Yeah. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh has secretly been dead this whole time. Oh. Oh, no, I just spoiled that for a bunch of movie for a bunch of people, didn't I? Uh, I don't know. that. What one is that? I haven't seen that one. Oh, I can't say it now. I don't want to okay. spoil that for people. Um, don't know which one it is. I'm a bad, I'm a bad guy. All right, so, uh, so the polls have changed, but in Michigan, um, you know, the polls are still looking for a lot of pro-life candidates at the top of the ticket. Uh, they've been improving, but it's still a tough road in front of us. Yeah, so... Just to sort of lay things out for this uh, this coming November here, uh, all of the state house and state senate and U.S. congressional seats in Michigan are up. One of the U.S. Senate seats in Michigan is up. The governor is an open seat. The attorney general is an open seat. The secretary of state is an open seat. Um, it's ba- and then uh, there are two Supreme Court justices uh, running for re-election. So basically, I mean. We've got a full uh, plate over here on our end uh, with Right to Life in Michigan PAC and the election that's going on in Michigan. Uh, you may have seen a lot of the polls. You know, they say, oh, there's Democrat enthusiasm. What I've seen over the last couple of weeks is that a lot of polls are tightening up. Uh, and that basically these candidates can definitely win. The, the pro-life candidates can definitely win, but the pro-abortion, pro-choice candidates are definitely angry and eager to vote. Uh, at the top of the ticket, we have uh, Bill Schuette and his uh, running mate, Lisa Posthumus Lyons. Both have long pro-life records. Both have been endorsed by Rights to Life Michigan PAC. And their opponents are a couple of individuals named uh, Gretchen Whitmer and uh, Garland Gilchrist. Now, th- this is a just open comparison. <laughs> 100% couldn't be more clear. <laughs> Uh, Gretchen Whitmer has a very long pro-abortion record for her her time in the state Senate, and she has made it a focal point of her campaign, just the central pillar, to not only oppose any restriction whatsoever on abortion in Michigan, but to actively work towards the repeal of any current uh, restrictions, limitation, I mean, even basic safety standards. Uh, on abortion in Michigan. So yeah, I mean, and that's a serious thing. I have a story I'm waiting to share on our Facebook page uh, when we don't have all this breaking news. Uh, so there was a clinic in Missouri, a Planned Parenthood that uh, is in court and is being shut down because they had black mold in the surgical t- and tubing. In like this is the this is the situation with abortion clinics. And but Gretchen Whitmer says nope, let them regulate themselves. These surgical facilities, let them regulate themselves. What legitimate person could say that about anything? I mean, we don't let tattoo parlors regulate themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about uh, follow the money. A lot of the times what you'll see is that uh, Planned Parenthood and these other organizations will get taxpayer funding and then they'll get free reign to do whatever they want uh, from certain politicians. Uh, and those certain politicians just so happen to get a lot of support and a lot of financial support and contributions from Planned Parenthood. So uh, a lot of situations, it's a uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Uh, and unfortunately, in this situation, it's 
you know, the innocent unborn, it's women uh, that really get taken advantage of and suffer the consequences of this exploitation. So yeah, along those lines, uh, Gretchen Whitmer voted against our legislation to uh, stop coerced abortions from happening, which we, those are some of the most horrible stories you hear from um, people who are at the abortion clinics. Um, you know, she's, she's, she's totally gone. Um, supports partial birth abortion, would make it legal again if she were elected. Um, taxpayer funding of abortion, funding of abortion through your health insurance. Uh, there's, there's just no, there's no there there in terms of any reasonableness. And so uh, she's not alone in that. That's, that's pretty much every candidate endorsed by Planned Parenthood, uh, especially if you want to go to the U.S. Senate, which wouldn't it be great right now to have another vote in support of Brett Kavanaugh, Casey? Well, I definitely could say that it wouldn't hurt. Um, so the U.S. Senate race is this. We have an uh, individual named John James who has been endorsed by Right to Life Michigan PAC. He is a business owner, uh, was in the Army for about eight years, if I remember correctly. But the important thing is really that he's just 100% pro-life. I mean, I have uh, listened to this guy speak. I have met him uh, in person on a couple of occasions. And i got to tell you, there's a certain passion, there's a certain point when you can tell somebody's just unequivocally focused and unequivocally moved by the life issue. And I don't think I've met as many people as John James who are moved in that capacity. And it just, it, it couldn't be a clearer contrast, because on the other side of it, you've got Debbie Stabenow, who has been in collective office between the state legislature and the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate uh, for over 40 years. And she basically has a pro-abortion record that's, you know, 98, 100%. It, it's way up there. I mean, she's voted against bans on partial birth abortion. She voted three times in one day to give Planned Parenthood a billion dollars. She's, you know, voted to, when she was in the state legislature, to fund abortions with Medicaid dollars. I mean, she's, she has just been a radical pro-abortion advocate for her entire career. That was a huge vote, Casey. When we banned taxpayer funding of abortion in 1988 through Medicaid, abortions dropped 10,000 in one year. And so you multiply that effect by all the years since 1988, there are more than a quarter million people alive today in Michigan only because of that law. And if Debbie Stabenow had her way, those people wouldn't be with us. And that's a loss. I would say that's a loss. Wouldn't you say that's a loss? Yeah. I mean, that really hits home the reality and the importance of this election and, you know, I mean, of just the life issue overall. I mean, can you imagine if a quarter of a million people, uh, really the population, I think, of maybe a few of the smaller states, possibly, maybe not, but I, I mean, just a quarter of a million people gone instantaneously. I mean, that's the reality of this. That's the reality of these elections. That's the reality of the life issue. Uh, and it's, it's really sort of just an overwhelming thought when you really try and quantify it. Yeah. Well, uh, another big race will be the Attorney General race. So on one hand, you have a guy, a current Speaker of the House, Tom Leonard, who's uh, great pro-life guy. I, I actually know him personally. He's, he's a great guy, the nicest guy on the planet. Um, don't let that fool you. He's been a prosecutor. Um, he's been um, you know, a great law enforcement guy. And he's running against Dana Nessel, who 
uh, Casey has gone is burning through campaign staff at an alarming rate. Yeah. So if there is any race that is a uh, a very clear contrast, this is the one. I, I mean, as uh, Chris said, you know, I mean, Tom Leonard is, you know, an amazing pro life advocate, and he is a guy that is, you know, he he gets the job done. I mean, he's one of the nicest people you'll meet, but he will get the job done no matter what is required of him. And he has a really amazing uh, personal pro-life story. Uh, I, I would very much encourage you to go to his website and to uh, look at the details of it. But the long and short of it is he and his wife were told basically they wouldn't be able to have children. And they were going through the process of adoption as they were getting ready to head into some of the final steps. They found out... Uh, that, you know, Tom Leonard's wife, that she was pregnant. Uh, and they have a beautiful two-year-old daughter now, and it's just, it's it's an amazing story. Um, on the flip side of it with the other candidate, uh, hmm. Dana Nessel, uh, you have an individual who started off her campaign for attorney general by, um, and I apologize for my language here, but she ran an ad that said, how do you know I'm not going to sexually assault somebody? I don't have a... Um, really a wreck. <laughs> I'm going to go back and edit that one out, but keep, continue, Casey. Sorry, sorry. Um, and, and again, I apologize for the language, but I think that that point really nails home how radical this individual is. I mean, they've been endorsed by countless pro-abortion organizations, you know, Planned Parenthood. They are somebody who has made it a central tenet of their campaign to just be 100% pro-abortion. And she's made it clear that she's not going to enforce the laws because they're the laws. She's going to enforce the laws that she likes and not enforce the ones that she doesn't. Yeah, that's not how attorney uh, being an attorney general works, is it, Casey? Um, no. Yeah, she's she's done one of her election ads was her in, the, in, a, in a back alley with a coat hanger, basically... Uh, you know, pontificating in her support for legal abortion through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason. Um, she's kind of she's the kind of person you'd be terrified to ha have be the basically the chief law enforcement officer of the state. I am... uh, she can't even run a campaign without. Um, I mean, she can't even run a campaign. I mean, people are leaving her campaign because they're terrified of her or they can't take. Her, uh, as they've said, I mean, basically personal abuse from her. So yeah. this is not a person that you want in any position of public trust. This is a legitimately scary individual to have in a position of power. And we don't like Gretchen Whitmer, but we can't say the same about, we can't say about her like that. I mean, Gretchen Whitmer would be bad, but not like apocalyptic bad, like Dana Nessel would be. Yeah. Um, so we're not, we're not being, uh, we're not being hyperbolic here. Um, so uh, a couple other races. Uh, so it's really interesting. Uh, the one race that everyone thought was uh, going to be sort of a, a complete flip in, in the polls has turned out to be not that case at all over on the east side for U.S. Congress. Yes, uh, so we've got a couple of U.S. congressional seats in the state uh, that are considered in play that uh, you know are really thought of as seats that could flip from one party to the other. Uh, one of those seats is the 8th Congressional District, which covers um, portions of northern Oakland County, uh, Livingston County, and then Ingham County, which Ingham County is the county with the uh, state capital in it, city of Lansing, very democratic city. 
Uh, it's currently held by an amazing pro-life advocate, 100% uh, pro-life, Right to Life Michigan PAC endorsed Congressman Mike Bishop. Um, and he is currently uh, facing Elisa Slotkin, a, um, you know, a person that, uh, you know, has been endorsed by Planned Parenthood, uh, has been out there campaigning hard, but... You know, I mean, this was thought as one of the prime seats that could flip. But consistently what we've seen is that the data is showing that Mike Bishop uh, is maintaining a pretty good lead. A, uh, a recent poll from the New York Times came out, you know, showed Mike Bishop with a three, four point lead around that. Um, that's been a pretty consistent thing that we've seen across. Uh, you know, I mean, this is one of those races where if we, uh, if pro-life voters don't go out you know, it absolutely, you could end up with a pro-abortion congresswoman uh, in that district. But, you know, if we get out there, if the job is done, if pro-life voters show up, uh, we should be able to pull them across the line. Uh, the other congressional seat is uh, currently an open one. Uh, the incumbent Republican is an individual named Dave Trott. Uh, again, 100% pro-life, endorsed by Right to Life Michigan PAC. He made the decision to retire. Uh, after two terms, uh, the very big primaries on both sides. It was like five Democrats on one side and five Republicans on the other. Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, the end result is that we have got uh, Right to Life Michigan PAC endorsed candidate Lena Epstein running as a Republican. Uh, Haley Stevens is the Democratic candidate uh, who has been endorsed by Planned Parenthood, other abortion groups, you know, not pro-life in the slightest. Um, and what we're seeing is that this is sort of the, uh, the battle royale of, uh, the U.S. congressional seats here in Michigan. Um, the majority of the district is in Oakland County. It's a very, it's a, uh, very suburban district, uh, which Democrats are very heavily targeting across the country as, uh, areas where they think they can make inroads. Now, Lena definitely is, uh, is out there, you know, hitting the pavement, working hard, but uh, so are the Democrats. And I can tell you that it's going to be a close race no matter what happens. Uh, and again, it's another situation where whether or not we have a, uh, a pro-life uh, congresswoman in this district or a pro-abortion congresswoman in this district is uh, going to depend on whether pro-life voters show up in November. Beyond those races, there's, uh, there's plenty of other races at the state level, um, races in your local level and legislature. Please go to our website, www.rtl.org, and you can find a list of all the RLM PAC endorsed pro-life candidates in your area, uh, endorsements uh, in both parties, all the way from U.S. Senate down to county commissioner and locals. Uh, and so please be an informed voter and make sure you go do that. And just one parting thought, I would just encourage you, don't worry about the polls. If your candidate is up, don't slack. If your candidate's down, don't slack. Uh, we use a famous example of John, when John Engler won his first race, he was down double digits in the polls uh, the weekend before the election. And pro-life voters uh, and pro-life volunteers didn't give up and they pushed him over the finish line by a small margin and changed the course of Michigan history. So I encourage you to keep at it. Decisions are made by those who show up. Absolutely. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks. Have a wonderful weekend.